I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town podcast. Rochester? Well, why Rochester? Chris Lindstrom was a hoot. He was just so much fun. He never stopped talking. I mean, it was great. R.T. Down? Yes! Take it from me, an inveterate snob. (laughs) That's it! Stinks! It stinks! It stinks! And we don't need any characters around to give the joint atmosphere, is that clear? Because I'm a pro. That's what pros do. I'm a professional. Look it up in the book. What do you say? Enough. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. And we are back with another episode of the Food About Town podcast. And it's a beautiful day in Rochester. You can't beat days like today. And we're here talking about one of the signature events in Rochester every year. We're talking about the Week Plus Festival, the Rochester Fringe Festival. Go to rochesterfringe.com. Did I get the website right? Yeah. Oh, look at me. I didn't even look at it. Rochesterfringe.com to check out all of the upcoming events. Uh, This will be publishing on September 14th, so Thursday. So lots of shows still to come. we got big events at the Spiegel Tent. We've got public events you can go to for free. Get tickets at rochesterfringe.com. Before we started, I kind of wanted to talk just for a second. Like This is a little outside what we normally do. We're not talking about food today. But when opportunities come up to talk to people I've always hoped to have over on the podcast, here we are. Let's do it. So, guess, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Scott Feibush. You uh, may hear me occasionally on public radio on WXXI. I uh, do some stand-up comedy now and again and some storytelling and work as a uh, radio consultant in whatever passes for my spare time. And beautiful mic technique. And other guests, introduce yourself, please. I'm Lisa Feibush, and if you listen to Low Power FM, especially if you're a Beatles fan, you can catch my show the Tragical History Tour, which also streams. You can follow me on my Instagram and Facebook, The Tragical History Tour. See, this is this is professional plugging right on the top. I love it. This this is beautiful stuff. I love having people over that do recording. It makes this so easy. Um, so what I wanted to do is talk to people who have events at Fringe, and between the two of you, yeah, three events going on this week. That's right. But also, let's let's get the show plugs out there, uh, because also you two are planning on going to way more events than I can <laughs> possibly imagine, and I want to get what you're interested in as well. But why don't we go into uh, the shows? So uh, Scott, why don't you start? Because um, what caught my eye right away was the uh, you know kind of a one person show that you're working through, and it seems like a really uh, a really personal work. It is actually more than one person. It's a group of storytellers. Okay. Uh, so the show is called Ask Me About My Dad. Um, it takes place on Tuesday, September 19th, next Tuesday, at 6.30 at the JCC out back on the Canal Side stage under the tent there. Uh, and it is uh, basically sort of a way for me to deal with personal loss. I lost my dad almost a year ago now, October of last year. Uh, and was looking for ways to sort of process that. And I've been doing more storytelling lately. Uh, and I thought, gee, what if we could put something together and, uh, and and have some people who have gone through that kind of loss share what they've been through and talk about their dads. Uh, it actually started off with me getting rejected by the DNC's storytelling show that they were doing. Uh, not not to brag, but I was one of the first people to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I consider a kind of a badge of honor. But the Pittsford yeah. Library, uh, Jim Byrne at the Pittsford Library, who's awesome, reached out to me and said, you want to come do something on Father's Day afternoon? And considering that my plan for Father's Day had been to get in my car and drive somewhere and not think about anything, yeah. it's like, okay, this could work. And pulled together a few friends who I knew had been in these in the same sort of situation, and uh, we had a really nice crowd. It worked well, and I thought, okay, let's let's pitch this to Fringe and see if they'll bite. And the JCC said, yeah, let's do this. So we have a total of six storytellers. Um, I'm the last one, but we have everybody uh, from Peter Haggerty, who grew up in Boston in the '50s, lost his dad. I think it's been 60 years ago now. Oh wow. Uh, telling this, these wonderful stories that, that bring back what it was like to grow up in the neighborhoods of Boston in the 50s and early 60s. Um, a couple of local comics, Ralph Tetta, uh, talking about his you know sometimes frosty relationship with a dad who didn't know his own dad. 
Uh, Rachel Days, who's another local comic, is in it. Chris, uh, good news. Um, Christopher Cardwell uh, is in it. And then Ralph Moranto, who uh, is the director of the theater program at the JCC, uh, is also in it as well. And he's got a wonderful story kind of about the end of things uh, with his dad and how that all wound down. So it's, uh, I don't want to make it out to be depressing. There are certainly sad parts in it, but there's a lot of humor in it too. A lot of heart. You may need a, a tissue or two. Um, I think I think that's kind of a signature of a lot of these, a lot of these kind of events at the fringe. And I think it's something that's really special about what it can offer is that it's there's no forcing it to be something specific. You know, it doesn't have to be pure comedy. It doesn't have to be pure drama or pure anything. It can be what the creator decides it to be, which I think offers some. Uh, really beautiful freedom. It really does. I mean, there were no real guidelines that came with this. It was, okay, you have 50 minutes on stage, go do something. And and that's sort of the fringe ethos. And I, I wish in some ways that I had known earlier how easy it was to get a show into Fringe and to become part of this community because I would have done it sooner. We've both been involved, some friends of ours um, who are, are theater and improv people, uh, Matt and Sarah Moore um, got us involved a few years ago during the pandemic when everything was virtual uh, and asked us to be part of uh, some play readings that they were doing online through Zoom. And we had uh, a ton of fun with that. Uh, and then we were in a live show of theirs last year, Catharsis Time, which is coming back this year. We'll talk more about that, too. Um, but that was kind of when I realized, wow, this is this is so much fun. Why did I not get into this sooner? Now, I think you know before we move on to some of the other shows, what I'm kind of interested in is, you know, you, you said you're, you're, you're kind of disappointed you didn't get to try it sooner. Do you think you were ready for it sooner or is it is now the time because like now you just feel so amped and you feel like this is the time to express this stuff? You know, we had a pandemic and then I turned 50 and we got to the point where we didn't have little kids in the house anymore and so it became possible to do a lot of things that there just wasn't time to do in my life. Yeah. When I was in my 30s and 40s, um, you know, having said that, I think I was a latent theater kid who never really got into it uh, and sort of sublimated into performing in front of a microphone yeah. on the radio. And that is its own sort of performance art, if you will. I mean, as soon as as soon as we sit behind the mic, you know, you can hear you know, it turns into a show, right? You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're a different version of yourself. Definitely. You know, you know I, I could hear like, as soon as you're in, you're going, you're right, <laughs> you're right into it. And the same thing, like, you know, Scott, you, you turn on that, that specific voice and it's not, not our voice, but it's something that, you know, those that sit behind the mic enough, you have a different, there's a different tenor. Your mind works differently as soon as you sit behind a mic, but you take away the, take away the veneer of recording which is now which is our comfort zone and now you're on a stage and i'm sure that's a bit of an adjustment i'm sure for both of you you know being on stage doing comedy and doing other stuff well i was involved in high school theater and i had full disclosure i desperately wanted to be an actress (laughs) uh, but i couldn't sing and i thought I, i thought i could act until i went off to college and saw the theater majors and realized, uh, no, not really. I, I just, but in college, I mean, I did like some little skits and stuff. It was kind of fun. And radio is actually how we, I college is where I got started in radio, and that's how we met. Oh, that's awesome! I didn't, I didn't know. know this was a radio love story. Brandeis University, oh, yes. WBRS FM, nineteen ninety. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And just various time and stuff. Kind of, I moved away from the theater stuff. But I was always kind of interested in that. I, uh, the friends that have that are theater people. I actually met Matt when we were both working at Genesee Country Village and Museum, and when we were when we were doing different presentations there about different stuff, like for orientation or whatever. He would say he, that I was seemed to be really good at working a crowd. That I had some theatrical elements. He knew about that past, and then. What I think really clinched it for me was um, I lost most of my 40s to a really bad chronic illness Mm. and multiple surgeries. And 
when I was coming out of that and starting to recover, I kind of had this life was short. If I want to do anything, do it now attitude. My kids were getting a little bit older at that point. Because yeah, I have it's really hard to do this with little kids. I, I can't imagine. It's one of the one of the luxuries that, you know, my wife and I have is we we don't we don't have kids, which offers us that ability to really dive deep into the things that we're into. Mm-hmm. Um obviously there's you know there's downsides to that as well, of course, but there's you know, we've we've been able to do that throughout and it's I think it's very heartening for me to see you know, when I see both of you tackling it with such, um, you know, such verve and really going after comedy just because it's fun, just because it's great to be trying and working hard at something again. And it's it, it's very heartening to see that, you know, hey, this is something we've always had in us and we really want to get out. Yeah, I just, I'd never honestly pictured myself being doing stand-up at yeah. all. It's, it's really weird because I... Again, when I was in high school and college, I used to memorize people's routines and I could deliver them, but I never, but I thought I can't write my own jokes. And then what changed it is when I was, I had just, again, I just turned 50. I'd just gotten out of the hospital and I was getting to be really good friends with um, some younger people with whom I played trivia, one of whom was very into improv. And then he tried, he decided he wanted to try stand up comic. And I went to a comic showcase that he was organizing. And I found myself, this is what I always tell people is the sign that you want to, that you need to start trying it. I found myself writing jokes in my head when I was listening to all of the comics. I love that. Yeah. It was, it was, I remember this also, it was 420. Of course. But it was also Easter week and it was also the second night of Passover. And I remember just imagining the confluence (laughs) of all of those. And I wound up writing my first set of jokes. And then my friend was really supportive and I told him I was thinking of trying stand up and he had been working the open mic circuit, including the place that had done his comedy showcase, started doing a regular open mic to bring in customers. And he was really supportive. So I, my fir- the first time I tried stand up, I went to the bar where he was working, where they were doing the open mic. I'd never met the host, but I discovered, I, I got to give out a shout out to him though. Chris has an hour. Nice. local comic who is very supportive of a lot of local comics. And I had never met him, but he was really good at keeping the audience of quiet for my set. And then he passed me a really encouraging note afterwards saying to keep doing it. So I started doing open mics. Scott being the supportive husband came to watch me. And within a month, suddenly he was talking about how he'd been writing jokes in his head. I said, that's the sign. You got to try it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I remember, I forget if I went to one before the pandemic where both of you were performing, thinking about it right before, um, or maybe as soon as things opened back up kind of thing. I think I might've gone to one at the uh, comedy at the Carlson mm-hmm. where one of the new comic nights. Yeah. I, I really enjoy going to that. I've, I've adored stand-up comedy for a long time, and I, I find it very intriguing to go to that to go to that event. Um, by the way, if you haven't gone to that, I can't recommend going enough for anybody. It's really fascinating to see that process of people trying to learn how to do this incredibly challenging art form. You're talking about the funniest person in Rochester. Oh uh, no, the, right? I actually like the the oh the new comics the night? new comics night. Yes, because. There's people that have so much passion, and again, this is not to cast aspersions on people. There's people that have the passion, then there's people that have that spark, that have something going on. Then you can see the people who have been practicing and have something dialed in. And there's a real clear difference when you watch people. They're like, oh, I know you've got the spark. You need more time. You need to work on things. Then there's people like, whew, and then you're just sitting and squirming in the back of the room. I can't believe you thought this was a good idea. Um, It's one of the miracles of that kind of night is you get all the range of laughing and cringing and excitement all in one free evening at the comedy at the Carlson. Um, Great stuff. I do recommend going to that just because it's a special thing. It's a fascinating sociological study just to kind of watch how this community works here and, and how people, you know, either, click and become part of the community right away or in some cases don't there are a lot of open mics in town not quite as many as there were 
uh, pre-pandemic, but yeah. there are a few good regular ones. Monday night at Boulder, uh, Tuesday night at Firehouse on Clinton Avenue, and then Wednesday night now uh, at Rock Cinema are the three kind of big ones right. that are on the regular calendar. Uh, and you can always, they're always free. People love having an audience. You can stop by and watch the comics do their thing. And, you know, if you get the bug and you think, I want to try this, it's a very low stakes opportunity to get up. And if you bomb, you bomb. Everybody bombs. It's yeah. Fine. Well, and then there's and then there's sporadic ones like the new comic night at, you know, Comedy the Carlson yeah. and, you know, uh, small showcases like comedy on I'm going to get the comedy wrong. on deck, comedy on deck, which yes. you've hosted at your house for a while now during the pandemic and i'm gonna say what a, what a fun idea to have people over and you know really work on building community here in town three years and counting now yep. the the idea we kind of stole because everything in comedy <laughs> is stolen right uh so uh ralph tata another local comic who's actually again in my ask me about my dad show Tuesday night, the 19th at the JCC. Plug, 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 plug. <laughs> Details at fibush.com slash fringe. Oh, it's so good. So uh, he did this the actual summer of 2020. He had people on his lawn, and he had a very big spread out lawn, and we were changing mics in between each comic and all of that. Yeah. It, well, this was pre-vaccine, so everybody was oh, being yeah. very careful. So they were changing the windscreens. People were masked. And oh, he wow. has a double lot, so everybody could really spread out. He called yeah. it laughs on the lawn. And he started it because he was just itching to perform. And we had done a few online mics. Scott got out of that faster. And they're not the greatest, but I didn't want to stop yeah. performing. So I'd still do that. Actually, there is still one that's going on that my friend Kevin Markman hosts called Almost Last Mondays. It's somewhere around the last Monday of the month. You can always find the, you can find the details on Facebook. But what's really cool about that and the reason it's still going on is it attracts comics from all over the world. Mm, I have fun. actually met some Pakistani and English and Czech comics doing that. That's so exciting. That's really cool. And you get exposure to a lot of different things, I'm sure. Yes. But everybody was, but because of the wireless, no matter how much you do an online mic or a Zoom mic, it's not going to feel like a live audience, which is why Ralph got very frustrated and put on his showcase. Absolutely. And that live audience thing is such a big deal. You know, you were talking about sort of the different voices. And one of the bits that I love doing, I'm not great at crowd work. It's not one of my best comedy things. I'm more of like a storytelling comic. But one of the bits that I've kind of honed that works out well that you will hear uh, in our show, Comedy on Deck Comes Inside, uh, for which there are two shows coming up. This, I'm going to get this wrong. Sunday. This Sunday. This yeah, Sunday, 1.30 p.m. at Club Soda, that School of the Arts. It's a really neat little intimate cabaret setting. Yeah, so Sunday the Perfect 17th. Yep, Sunday the 17th, 1.30. Saturday, September the 23rd at 9 p.m. Yeah, 9 p.m. So you get, show, yeah. you, get a full, you get a full evening show and you get a daytime show and you get something a little bit... To, it's always going to be something a little bit different. Two completely different lineups of comics. That's except awesome. Us. But one of the, I was going to say, just one of the bits that uh, that I've kind of been honing uh, over the years that has worked out really well as a as sort of a crowd work bit uh, is I do my public radio voice. It's very nice, and I I invite the audience to give me all kinds of things that I cannot say <clears throat> at work in my public radio voice that I would get fired for immediately. Wait, wait a second. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the little boost here. Ready? All right, now now you've got the boost. Go for it. Oh, now we really have the public radio voice guy <laughs> like that. There we go. And so it's great because people shout out all kinds of ridiculous things, and I deliver them in the public radio voice. And you need that audience. It is such a completely different feeling from being in a studio. And even though I might be talking to ten or 20,000 people, I can't see them. Yeah. Whereas if I've got eight people or 10 people or 20 people in a room, it's just, it's such a different feeling. Yeah. And that's, it's one of the great things about now bringing this to the fringe is this becoming an established thing here in town. Like that's gotta be very gratifying to now have something that, you know, yes, appropriate, you know, brought to, you know, you brought it to your audience and now you know bring all the comics together and now an established thing in Rochester. It's be very nice to see that now in the Fringe Festival. I'm really hoping it is going to grow from the Fringe Fest. It has, it has, we have a really good reputation in the comic community. People talk up our mic and it started, as I said, as Scott said, he got the idea from Ralph and this was spring 2021 when things were starting to open up, but very slowly in the comedy open mics. Hadn't come back yet. And he, it was a 
one gorgeous May Day, and he's just like, I want to do comedy. And he's, so I, I think we put it together in like a day, didn't we? Something the best, like that. The best things happen so yeah. quick sometimes. I, I remember that one, we actually messaged people and said, will you come perform? Because we didn't want to have nobody show up because some open mics can be dead. Yeah. And the other thing I did was I posted it in my neighborhood groups. So we actually got an audience. People came. I, that The first one, I think people were just dying to get out of their houses. That's so cool. It worked really well. But then all of the comics had fun. So then the next ones, pretty soon we didn't have to ask people to be on anymore. They started asking us. And people started, we got started getting questions from some other people saying, do you do the deck mic? Where is it? We, we don't post our address, but people can message us <laughs> for it. And... We've originally figured that was going to be a stopgap before the open mics came back. But then the comics said to us how much fun it was and could we bring it back. Yeah. So we did. And then we brought it. And then they said last year, you come, is it, when are you going to do it again? So we brought it back. And then we had, Scott had talked about how we had done fringe shows with our friends Matt and Sarah Catharsis Time last year. And he got the idea of that he wanted to produce a friend show, not just be in one. And I thought that would be good too. And then one thing about comedy shows is it's fairly easy to put together because you don't have to write a script. You don't have to hold. Yeah. You, you may hold auditions, but you don't have to hold auditions. The way we found our comics is we hosted our comedy on deck this summer and we asked everybody to vote for their two favorites. And the people who got the most votes got in our shows. And we have two different lineups because we wanted to expose as many comics as possible. Oh, that's so awesome. Adding, it's actually six. Besides us, it's 16 comics total. So it's 18 people performing. Oh, wow. Yeah. that That's a pretty wide selection for something like that. And that's, again, it, it's the variety that you have in front of you um, doing that. So you're bringing, bringing stand-up to the fringe through... Uh, comedy on deck, and then uh, you mentioned the catharsis time. So it looks like that's coming back is catharsis time 2.0. Yes, and that's on Wednesday, September 20th, 7:30 p.m. Saturday, September 23rd, 4 p.m. at the Focus Theater, which is one of the interesting spaces of Rochester. I love that room up there. It's this little wedge of a space up on the third floor of the Sibley Building, historic Sibley the Building historic in downtown Sibley Rochester. <laughs> Circa 1905. <laughs> <laughs> this landmark. But no, it's a, it's a, it's a great space. Uh, we love it up there. This is actually the first year Catharsis Time is there. We were at Muck last year. Uh, and it's, it's this wonderful idea. And again, it was completely stolen, I think, from another podcast somewhere. Mortified, I think it was called? I think so. I don't remember whether it was a podcast or YouTube, but... Yeah, mortified was the idea. You were, I think, you were supposed to read from your childhood diary. Oh, cool! And yeah, yeah. See what you wrote, but yes, I love that. And so we, you know, having worked with Matt and Sarah, they invited us uh, for last year, and we had a blast doing it. And so we are back again as part of this phenomenal cast uh, for this year. And it's all sorts of, you know, the idea is tell one of the most embarrassing stories from your life. Own the, own the cringe. Mm-hmm. Share it with everybody. Get some good laughs out of it. Uh, and so our stories this year, I don't want to give too much away because I mm-hmm. want people to come see them, but they are actually interlinked. They both involve a certain beetle mm-hmm. uh, at different stages of our life. Mine mine involves a would-be relationship heartbreak and a car crash and see, a bus I, ride home. Yeah, I'm going to spoil it. Everybody, everybody loves Pete Best stories, and this is one of the best <laughs> Pete Best stories <laughs> you could ever hear. Uh, yes, of course. No, it's all Klaus. It's all about Klaus. Yes. <laughs> Oh, but no, man. it's actually Stuart Sutcliffe. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew I'd get a, I knew I'd get a, a cheap, a cheap pop for that one. Um, where's no. your, where's your rim shot button? The, uh, <laughs> well, I, I've got one. I, my, my soundboard's on the wrong thing. Uh, and Klaus was never technically a beetle. Well, yeah, he's beetle adjacent. Yeah, so I mean, you know, cringe at the fringe or catharsis, catharsis time 2.0. Uh, seems like a really fun event that both of you are participating in. Get a chance to tell some really. Uh, interesting stories and looks like a lot of this is another one that has 20 different storytellers between you know the two shows telling stories and you know getting out there and you know i think that's another it's another fun thing to do where you know everybody loves listening to that stuff getting that little that little itch in your chair i go i can't believe that happened it's just a fun thing to go out and uh to go out and see with somebody else and And they're all mostly true (laughs) 
Yeah, most. They're all mostly true. <laughs> it's been like thirty years since my story. I'm not okay. sure if all the no, details they are, are precise. I mean, I'm sure people embellish, but literally all of the stories are pe- written by the people telling them, yeah. and they are true. One thing that Scott didn't mention that's very cool is we have a local sign language interpreter who actually plays her show pre-recorded and signs it. Oh, that's awesome! During the show, it's a really, it's a really neat. Concept. The last year, her story was about when she first moved to Rochester and discovered she had a bat in her new place and how she dealt with it. I'm not going to give away her story, but it's an equally kind of very amusing dealing uh, with a new residence. That's fantastic. And I want to keep plugging people, yep. too. Oh, please. So Penny Sterling, who is a very prominent local storyteller and, and comedian. Man, I went to her show last year, and it was, oh, my God, that was that was just one of the most special shows I've been to in Rochester okay. was I'm, I'm getting shivers thinking about it. it was just a beautiful show so she is in catharsis time and I have no idea because she was too busy to make the rehearsal a few days ago so I don't know what her story is that's awesome yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to find out uh, she's got a show this year uh, that is called Mounting Washington that she is performing on a stationary bike that is rigged up so that the angle on it keeps climbing as she tells the story of Riding a bike up Mount Washington. Oh, that's that's awesome. I, I saw something about that during you know, while she was prepping for it and that's that's a lot. That sounds fantastic. It has I she never bites off more than she can chew, but this sounds like it's a lot of work that's going. So I can't wait to see that one. Uh, she's also, and it will have already happened by the time this drops, but uh, one of our other comic friends, uh, uh, Tootsie, uh, what's Tootsie's last Tootsie name? Tootsie Bellaterra. Bellaterra. Uh, Tootsie has a show called The Big Queer Comedy Show that has completely sold out. That it's, yeah, it's there's no fringe. point plugging it. Yeah, there's no point plugging it. It's already sold out. But I, managed, I, I love that it's sold out. That I makes managed me very to snag happy. a ticket that I didn't expect to get. And uh, uh, Penny's in that one, too. So there's a lot of overlap uh, between people. And there are a bunch of other comedy shows, too. Our friend Chris Hasenauer has a couple of shows that are going on. At Focus, I know there are a couple others beyond that. If you go to the Comedy tab uh, at rochesterfringe.com, you can find all of that stuff, too. I mean, there is just there is so much on any given night. You well, can't see it all. Well, there is, and I think the other thing, I wanted to go through some of the big highlights because this is, you know, for, for those that have attended before, you might have gone to, you know, one of the, the spectacles. And that's something, you know, Fringe can be small, can be personal, and then it can also be giant spectacle. So they have the, uh, you know, the circus-themed thing at the Spiegel tent, Circolumbia Corazon. So that's a, um, you know, Colombian-based circus-style show. And this is made specifically for this event, which is, this is like the world premiere that just happened, I think, tonight or last night. And that's and like selling out really fast. Too. Super One exciting. One of the performances is already sold out. Oh, about four actually. of them are now. Oh, yeah. And that's that's super exciting. Uh, there's the Not So Late and Very Much Live, which is kind of a variety show where you get you know little drips and drops of different shows. So the creators will come on and do mini versions of shows. Uh, that's also uh, in the Spiegel tent. Um, and then uh, the big outside show this year uh, by Cirque In Extremist, which is Exit. That's Friday and Saturday in parcel fives, this is the spectacles. You know, if you want to go out and see the spectacle and be with everybody watching this thing that can only exist in the fringe Friday, Saturday night at the fringe. And the main thing is starting at seven thirty PM grand piano hanging from a hot air balloon. Apparently. I, I mean, what, what show doesn't exist without a grand <laughs> piano hanging from a hot air balloon. Um, and I wanted to throw a couple out that I'm hoping to get to, um, there's one, th- this is really targeting me. So, uh, I think, uh, you might hear before or after this, I haven't figured out yet. Uh, there's one tonight, uh, bossing at the, um, at Selena's, which is small business owners reading their own Yelp reviews, which I wrote in the early days and then wrote restaurant reviews. So maybe mine will be on there. We'll find out. <laughs> um, there's one, uh, the night this is coming out Four idiots in a bottle where people were, <laughs> Talking about tasting notes, which tasting notes, which I am also guilty of doing, since I am a spirits judge and a deep nerd when it comes to tasting. Uh, that's also at Selena's. I'm really excited to go to that. Um, and then uh, your friend and mine, Megan Mack, and the Thank You Kiss 
improv comedy troupe is running three shows, Saturday, September 16th, Friday, September 22nd, and the 23rd at the Focus Theater. I've never seen them perform. I'm really hoping to get out for one of those shows. They are fantastic. We've been the last few years to see them. Obviously, I work with Megan at at WXXI, where uh, she's part of the Connections team. And they do just this wonderful show. There are these wonderful little video drop-in bits that they do. It's almost like watching an episode of SNL unfold in front of you on stage, but usually a lot funnier than SNL is these days. <laughs> Definitely. And while we are talking improv also, yes, uh, there is another, wait, where is it on my calendar here? Another one of my WXXI colleagues. There we go. Guilt and Mirrors. Uh, Mona Isler from WXXI is part of this troupe, and they have several shows uh, going on uh, at uh, Focus also. The one I'm going to is Wednesday, September 20th. I know there are a couple other dates that everything conflicts with everything. It's awesome. My Google Calendar is a total mess for the next nine days. Oh, I'm but sure. But that's another one not to miss, too. Yeah, and um, there's, uh, there's one more I wanted to mention that it, it just struck me. I was trying to read through all of them. I was going, you know, going through, but one grabbed me while I was going through it. It was... It was called healthcare coverage for all. <laughs> so this was so when we're talking like we're talking about lots of different styles, right? We're talking about spectacle, we're talking about comedy, we're talking about storytelling, and this is this is kind of like a I'm not sure exactly how to define it, but this is talking about healthcare for people of color not getting proper healthcare, getting misdiagnosed, not the same treatment as somebody who got better care who happened to be white. And I love that in the in the write up of the piece it says this piece does not have a happy ending. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, of course it doesn't. But that sounds like something I would really enjoy to go to because that's also fringe. Is this can be, you know, really telling stories that need to be told, absolutely, in, in ways where it's accessible to people. And this one's at the First Universalist Church, produced by Rural Migrant Ministry. So this is like from the people who are living this and going through it and you get to hear them tell a story that you wouldn't necessarily hear otherwise. An episode of Connections walks into the French Fest. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If I can plug a couple more here. Oh, please. Uh, so a couple more that I'm excited about. We've, we've gone to this before. Uh, 24-hour plays. Oh, yeah. At Writers and Books. This is the last weekend of the festival, Saturday the 23rd. There are two shows, I think seven and nine. Don't uh, go to the 9 o'clock one. No, the 9 o'clock one conflicts with our <laughs> yeah. comedy on deck show. So go to the 7 o'clock <laughs> yeah. one. 7 o'clock one will be much better. Uh, this is a whole crew of theater people uh, who get together literally in the space of 24 hours, and they have three playwrights who write three short plays. They have a cast of actors who get cast in them. They have directors, uh, including my friend Jeremy Sarakin from Fisher, who's directing one of them this year, and they put the whole thing together. And it's so much fun, and it's amazing how well they learn everything and and rehearse it and put it together and make that happen. So that's an awesome one. And then also one of the comics uh, who is in our show, David Kalimnik, uh, he has a show with the JCC uh, that is called An Expat Comes Home that is all about his career uh, as one of the top comedians in Israel. Oh, awesome. Where he lived for 20 years till he came back to Rochester. Yeah, see, this is, yeah, there's so many... So many different things. You got a couple too, Wilkes. Yeah, I have. Well, I wanted to say one of the things that is really interesting about 24-hour plays is a lot of the writing is based on what the actors come in wearing. Yeah. And last year there was a play about Halloween and Christmas arguing over (laughs) their retail seasons and who dominated and Christmas infringing on Halloween. And I believe it was based on like the novelty pajamas that two of the actors came in wearing. I love that. That's very cool. So much fun. Yes. Well, there's also a play, Desperados, a comedy about the Wild West of job hunting, written and directed by Jim Harney, who has also been in the new comics night at the Carlson, Funniest Person in Rochester, and last but not least, Comedy on Deck. He's made several appearances there. Although he did not show up this season. That's why he's not in our shows. Yeah. No, but that's I, I it's that's another angle to take at it too, is like this is experimentation. This is you know, grabbing, grabbing your voice and bringing it to, you know, different directions than maybe you've done before. And it's that kind of flexibility and also the audience. I think that's the thing that's kind of been intriguing me more about this is that the audiences are ready for something different and not 
not the same, you know, hey, we, we have an amazing, like Jazz Fest is, you know, popular for a reason and it brings in a ton of people. But there's something about this that brings out audiences that want to be there for something that's not what they're used to. I would say so. And the other thing that I like is some audiences, I mean, not audiences, all audiences are alike and some can be aggressive if they don't like something or if they're, if they're taken out of their comfort zone. These audiences expect to be taken out of their comfort zone and they're, they're ready to be sympathetic. They are not laughing at the performers. They're laughing with the performers. If the performers are feeling something, you could just tell the audience is feeling it too. I've noticed this with all of Penny Sterling's previous shows, which can be very emotional. Oh yeah. And the audience is there with her. They're just, everybody feels something from the show and comes out with that. And I think that will definitely be the case for catharsis time. And ask me about my dad, having seen the, the Pittsburgh show. We're going to have a big group hug at the end of it. Yeah. Father's day. People are, I, I, I think people will cry a little bit, but they, they will certainly laugh because Rachel and Ralph are at it. And good news. They are all true. The three of them are all really funny people who have all been in comedy on deck shows. There are some funny parts of mine, too. Just, <laughs> and Scott. Just yes, saying. Oh, true. one more to plug here, yeah, too, please. even though it's nearly sold out. Tignataro, of course, major, Legend. major national legendary stand up comic. Uh, that show, I think, is nearly sold out. That is Saturday night, the 16th, um, at the Eastman Theater. Here's the cool part about that they added a second opening act for that. Uh, and so uh, Madeline uh, Smith. Smith is going to be opening for her. Well, Madeline started in the local stand-up community. She's from here. She lives in New York City now. Uh, but she has really, you know, she's had her ups and downs in New York. And here she is, you know, making good, coming back to Rochester, getting to perform. And I am so jealous of this in front of a completely sold out by then, uh, probably. Yes. Uh, Kodak Hall at Eastman Theater and what, you know, 3,000 people, 4,000 people. Uh, in there so that is really a local comic makes good story uh, and i'm thrilled to say i saw her when and uh, she's she's been on the deck at least once right have we not gotten her there maybe i think she might have been on the deck the first year i think so i mean yeah. uh, i you know if you get the chance i mean you should invite tig to perform on the deck as well we, we have actually we <laughs> <laughs> go ahead did you ever send the message because yeah we we have posted out there that we would like, we are very happy anytime to have national comics who yeah. are in town come by and perform on our deck. We'll even give them more time and call them the headliner. We <laughs> This actually happened this summer. That's what you were going to mention, right? Yeah. So uh, a comic named Matthew Broussard, who's very big, he does a lot of video stuff. Yep. Um, he was here performing at Carlson, and there's a the Rochester Comedy Facebook group is where anybody should go who wants to keep tabs on all these open mics and performance opportunities and whatnot. So he posted something on there saying, hey, is anybody doing anything the night before my shows? We're like, yeah, we're doing comedy on deck. Come on by. He came by. Yeah, That's and awesome. I, I hadn't even said anything in, Ro in the Rochester Comedy Group. I just got a message from him saying, are you doing the deck bike? What time is it? Yeah, and I sent him a message, and he he came he got, came in time to see some of the local people, which was very cool. It was very supportive, and then we gave him ten minutes. He closed out the show. It was it was great, and then we got to so yeah, he was okay. We get, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now we have can actually say we've had national comics on our deck. That's so cool, and it's you know like you said, this is reason I really wanted to talk today was. You know, both of you are doing the work of bringing people together, you know, here in Rochester, you know, outside of everything you do normally, right? You know, being on the radio, you know, doing doing the radio show and doing all these other things. There's something about people that do the work to try and bring people together that I just love. I love to learn about what they care about and how they're how they're bringing community, how they're bringing Rochester together in a way that we need, right? We need everybody to come together for these kind of things, you know, for, you know, for bigger events like the fringe for smaller events, like comedy on deck at your house. Yeah. Um, but th and this we provide is free drinks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but that's, this is Rochester, right? We, we can be big, we can be spectacle, but we can also be personal and we can be the people connecting those that need to be connected. And it's a uh, pretty special that we've got both of those things going on. Here at the Rochester Fringe Festival, you. Uh, you know, starting uh, started a couple days ago, but 
uh, from tonight, uh, Thursday the 14th, all the way to the 23rd uh, events going on. Go to rochesterfringe.com to go to all the events. Uh, run down real quick your events again, please. So Ask Me About My Dad uh, is the storytelling show about fathers and love and loss. That happens at the JCC on Tuesday the 19th at 6.30 p.m. And yours is at 6.30? Yeah. I thought yours was at 9. No, it's at 6.30. I got it backwards. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Ask me about my dinners at 6.30 p.m. Come early. Do not miss it. Yes. Comedy on Deck comes inside, which is what we named this show because we are not doing it on a deck, is at School of the Arts Cafe Soda, Sunday at 1.30 p.m. And that's the Sunday and Saturday, September 23rd at 9 p.m. I know it's closing night and there's a ton of stuff, but our show's only an hour and we highly recommend slipping in. Absolutely. And that's one of the great things, by the way, about Fringe is that all the shows are short. Nothing runs much more than an hour. Most of the venues, except for the JCC, are really close together. If you walk into something you don't care for. You walk out of it, you go somewhere else. It's cool. You'll see another show later that night that you'll like more. And then yes. uh, the final one that we are in, Catharsis Time 2.0, uh, happens at 7.30 on Wednesday, September 20th. And then on Saturday, the 23rd at 4 p.m. at Focus Theater in the Historic Sibley Building. Awesome. Well, Scott, Bywish.com slash fringe. Yes. I love that. You, can have li- you have links to all the tickets there. We're also on all social media. There's links. There's QR codes you can click. I, I wanted to address one thing that you oh, said please. about the comedy, about people trying to bring people together. I'd like to give a shout out to two comics who are in our shows who also make it their mission to do that. Kevin Markman, who is in our Saturday show, is a therapist by day. And he got into comedy literally specifically to improve communication and bring people together. He says that. And I just remembered, I got to plug his show. He started Stand Up for Drag, which is a long-established comedy show. It started in 2016. He is hosting that again. And I stupidly don't have the dates for that. Oh, keep on going. I'll find it. Yeah. But he he is hosting Stand Up for Drag, and the whole idea with that was to bring people together. And Good News, who is also in Scott's show, asked me about my dad. Also in Chris has an hour show, and he is in this Sunday's comedy on deck. He's the one who runs the Rock Cinema open mic, and he's a he is a local photographer, a really, really good one. You will not go wrong with hiring him. He Absolutely. does all types of photo photography. And he, again, flat out got into comedy to bring people together and to just try to increase positivity in the community. He's very, very supportive of the local scene. Yeah, and I think there there's something to be said for despite despite the fact that comedy is an individual pursuit in many ways, the community is not, right? The community is wide, the community is diverse, the community is, you know, where everybody can find their place in being their own individual best selves, but find the support they need to to try and build something that's um something that's specifically their own. Um, so also, uh, Stand Up for Drag uh, is at the Muck, M-U-C-C-C. This is Friday, September 15th at 7 p.m. Friday, September 22nd at 7 p.m. Again, Stand Up for Drag at the Muck, Friday the 15th and Friday the 22nd. So, so much going yeah. on. Yeah. And by the way, for most so of these, unless they're sold out, you can buy tickets right at the door. You don't even, you know, it's nice to get tickets ahead of time. We appreciate knowing that people are coming. You can just, you can walk up and, and go right to the door and buy tickets at any of these venues. Yeah, it's a nice casual thing. So, you know, don't don't feel the pressure. There's lots of great stuff to go see. Go see what you want to see. Go see something you might not always go to see. And that's the, that's the beauty of Fringe. So... Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at Stromy, Twitter, Instagram, Food About Town podcast on Instagram. Also, if you would like to learn more about Rochester food and the diverse restaurant scene that we have, and it's amazing, go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an upcoming event, either at Fatty Beer Company, which is tonight, if you're listening right early in the morning, uh, at Three Heads Brewing or at Black Button Distilling. And also in Buffalo at the Fantastic Nowhere Lounge, nominatemeals.com, and join the nomination. Thank you so much, and we'll be back next time on the Food About Town podcast.
Hey everybody, Matt Knotts from the Anomaly Presents podcast, inviting you to join us for the Anomaly Film Festival. It's our fourth edition, November 3rd through the 6th, at the historic Little Theater in Rochester, New York. We've got so much great stuff for you. Tons of films you've never seen before. One you may have seen before, but never quite like this. That's Friday the 13th 3 in 3D, amongst many other great surprises. It's the Anomaly Film Fest, anomalyfilmfest.com, November 3rd through 6th. We'll see you there. Hey, this is Wade Reed with the Level Up Podcast. How do you take your coffee? What's your favorite espresso drink? Do you prefer washed process or natural process coffees? If any of these questions interest you, tune in to the Level Up Podcast presented by Nominate Meals on the Lunchador Podcast Network. We're looking at every link in this coffee supply chain from growing and processing to cafe life and home coffee brewing to find the topics that will enrich and maybe even stretch your experience of coffee. So have a listen, check us out on Instagram and Substack, and as always, enjoy your coffee. Hey everyone, uh, just wanted to come back with a final segment for today's podcast. As I mentioned during the recording of the episode, uh, I was going to the to one of the Fringe events tonight and just got back and wanted to give you a snap review of the Bossing event, which was held at Salinas. Uh, the performers in this were uh, Kelly Metris, who's the owner of Salinas, and Kelly Bush, owner of Marshall Street Bar and Grill Union Tavern. Um, and the concept of the show was um, going through some of the going through some of the more wide-ranging, weird one-star reviews that businesses get on their uh, feedback pages. So whether it be Google or Yelp or TripAdvisor or any of the other platforms, and that was a concept, and they read reviews, one-star reviews of, you know, restaurants uh, around Rochester, some of their restaurants, um, and, you know, some were obviously just way off base, and some were, like, actual feedback. And it was really interesting to go through and hear them uh, bring them out, because, yeah, a lot of it was really funny, and just people who are way misguided. Um, part that's really interesting is, as everybody knows here, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time doing reviews in my early days. Uh, I started writing on Yelp. Uh, that was my first reviews were on Yelp during the early days of Yelp in Rochester uh, before I ended up uh, starting to write for a city newspaper. And I have written negative reviews uh, during my during my tenure, you know, writing on Yelp. And when I was writing for city, I have definitely written those things in public and gotten feedback from businesses and restaurants. And it's not always fun. It's not It's not fun to write those things. I never enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I, I've enjoyed reading negative reviews from some of the more um, talented negative reviewers. Uh, you know, you know, there's a reason why, you know, the Pete Wells takedown of Guy Fieri's um, restaurant in Times Square was one of the most read restaurant reviews of all time. Um, or when he wrote about, uh, I think it was Per Se recently, or, or one of the other restaurants in the Thomas Keller oeuvre. Um, but, you know, there's a reason why those are so well read. It's a lot. It's fun. It's It can be that way. But the fact that uh, one of the things they brought up during the show is that, you know, the negative rev- negative reviews... Um, when it's, you know, drives it down by a whole point from, let's say, four to three stars, that could cost them, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And it is a, it's a real, it's a real wake up call for everybody to think about that. Um, and when you're providing feedback, make sure it's constructive, make sure it is worth the restaurant reading it, isn't hyperbolic, isn't, you know, blaming a one time mistake on, something you're going to take personally. Um, I really hope that the people that listen to my show uh, know better than that. Um, But I think it's worth saying because it is one of the things that matters the most to the small restaurants. You know, they depend on, they depend on reviews. They depend on being able to have other people find their place. And a lot of that nowadays is based on reviews. Um, You know, all of us, all of us reference reviews when we're going to other cities, when we're trying to determine how do we go to a place we haven't been before? 
Uh, we all look at it. We might look at it differently. The way I look at it might be different than the way you look at it. You know, I, I have a very specific technique when I go through these things, uh, when I'm going to another city. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk through this in one of the Food About Town Bites. I'd actually really like to talk through how I do, um, how I create a list of where to go in a city, all the different techniques I use. Um, but I, I think this is a really interesting show. I thought Kelly and Kelly did a great job. Uh, they both, uh, you know, they work with the Restaurant Association. They also are the co-founders of uh, Bossy Rochester. Um, I know I'm going to one of their events next Tuesday, uh, Tuesday the 19th. Uh, Polly Guglielmo is uh, their guest speaker that day, uh, where if you're a small business owner, uh, you know, like myself or involved in small businesses and you need a place to talk about what's going on. Uh, it's an open forum for people to be able to talk about what they're doing. And this is at uh, Marshall street, uh, Marshall street bar and grill. Uh, so, uh, if you're in that world, like I am, and you need a place to talk, which I know I do sometimes, um, would love to see you there. But I got to say, this was this was a great event and a great kickoff for my enjoyment of the Fringe Festival. Uh, hope you go to rochesterfringe.com and find some events that speak to you and go out and experience what is one of Rochester's special events every year. So um, wrapped up before, so thanks for listening. And now we're going to the outro. Thanks for listening to the Food About Town podcast. If you aren't already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Go to your podcast app of choice and make us your favorite podcast by subscribing and leaving a review if you can. Music for the podcast was created by the fabulous Taurus Savant. You can hear more of his work at taurussavant.bandcamp.com and make your presence known by seeing him perform live. Food About Town is a proud member of the Lunchador Podcast Network. Oh no, here comes McKenneth! This has been a presentation of the Lunchador Podcast Network.